So I have to tell you something that popped kind of up just about a half an hour ago because I haven't been up here. And this is, there's this phobia I have that, that I don't know if anyone else has probably ever had this phobia before, but let's put it out there. So every time I put my iPad up here and it has kind of everything that's, you know, I prepared on it and it's really valuable um, stuff and content. Um, there's like a good 45 minutes between the time that I put it up here and then the time I come up here. And so anything can happen to it. And as I have this phobia that someone comes up and they put it on like a passcode or something and they don't tell me and then I get up here and then I can't get on my iPad. Anyway, as I tell you, I'm really happy to be here. That hasn't happened before, but it was just this idea that like that could happen and that would freak me out. And then it would bring up this idea of, of could I shoot from the hip? Could I do it? You know, do I have what it takes? Do I know the thing that I'm talking about? Like, and then all the stuff, you know, and, and um, I am excited. It's baptism uh, today, like that, that is huge. Baptism, it, it, that is something that, that those of us who have been baptized, we're able to point back to. And furthermore, for the, those of us who are about to be baptized, like, like today is a really big deal. Um, baptism is all about proclaiming the things that Christ has done for us. He, he came, like he saw us from, from wherever God is, and he saw us, and he said, this is not okay. And he comes to, to earth and he is perfect and he's phenomenal. And then he dies on the cross and he takes our sin and he bears them. And then he's buried. And then he comes back again to say, death is not the end. And that is beautiful. And, and like, to be honest, like to say that, it's really easy to say. Like, like he came, then he died, then he came back to life. And this is what baptism is. And it's awesome. Well, it's easy to say, but if you actually start to pull it apart and you think about it a lot, it's really confusing. Like, what does it have to do with anything? And what does it have to do with daily life? And can I actually explain what the importance of him coming or, or dying or coming back from the dead? Because technically, if he, he died, did he have to come back from the dead? And then furthermore, how does that have anything to do with me and the chaos that I experience on a daily life basis? Because... I am human and chaos surrounds me and in my everyday reality. And furthermore, there are so many things in the Bible that I'm confused by. And there are so many, so many things that are challenging to me and so many things I'm not sure if I believe, but I do, but I'm not sure. And I hope people don't ask me because I couldn't explain it. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Um, and so I remember the, the day I got baptized, like for me, I thought, man, I don't know anything, but I should know everything because then I'm I'm getting baptized and I'm, I'm brand new and I have what it takes and I don't. And I remember, you know, the, 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 the post-baptism experience of thinking all, all the pressure that was put on me to, you know, to have all the answers and things are supposed to be awesome, you know, post-baptism and post-putting my faith in Christ, like things are supposed to be easy, but then they're not, you know, it's, 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 it's things come up and questions come up and, and you don't, do you know what I'm saying? And specifically, I remember this time in college, and I picked this great Christian college, and I had this great time there, and it was just like this holy bubble of happiness, you know? And, and we were taught about God and Jesus, and we, had, we talked in Hebrew to each other, we thought it was fun, you know, and that's the thing you do at 
Christian colleges. And so, so our senior year comes around and things are flawless and perfect. And then one of my closest friends got pregnant. And so, so at a Christian college, if you get pregnant, that points to the things that you've been doing. And, and she had this choice of, well, do I graduate or do I have the baby? And really, when it came down to it, it was this, what is happening? And like, like what do we believe and where are we going? And, and so it seemed that our campus got turned upside down because of this pregnancy. There are so many things post that pregnancy that has seemed to turn my faith upside down. These challenges, these questions, these doubts. And there are so many times that, that I feel like you know, I don't have what it takes. I'm not capable. I don't know what I believe. And there are those times that are very, very common that if you've ever experienced a doubt about your faith, it's okay, but it seems like whenever um, hardships happen, whenever brokenness comes in, whenever there's cancer, or whenever things are unexpected, you get, you get fired from your job, or the economy collapses, or, or the atomic bomb blows, I don't know, and it's just like, what is going on? What do I believe, and what does Christianity have to do with this, and do I actually believe the things that I believe? And it's at those times that you ask God, where are you? Kind of as a joke, just the other day, someone sent me a text that he sent me this photograph. And, 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 and when he sent me this, he said, man, that church is horrible. They should have put spaces be, between the things. And for me, I looked at that and I stared at that. I'm like, that is brilliant. It made me excited. And so today, we are at the end of a sermon series called Before and After. This is uh, the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And at the 24th chapter, this is like the very end. This is like, like he is tying a bow on it saying, I've said all I have to say. And the whole chapter is about the disciples going, I don't know if I believe and I love it because there's a whole gospel, like, like this whole thing, like the disciples were walking for 23 chapters with Jesus, you know? I've never seen the guy, and I believe. And these guys are 23 chapters of the Bible, hand in hand with Jesus. He just came back from the dead, and he's going, and they're all like, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know what I believe here. And I love it because for any of us who have had any doubts about your faith or about Christianity, or just like, I don't know if I believe this stuff, good for you. You are in good company. You're in the company with the people that walked hand in hand with Jesus for three years. And you're in company with the people who planted the church all around the globe. Good for you. It's human. So open your Bibles to uh, the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to start on verse 36. All right, so 
verse 36, it begins directly after Jesus appears for the first time to the people on a road. And uh, so Pastor Allen talked about that during our previous sermon. And so, so he appeared, and then these people on the road, they go and tell the disciples of Jesus, he's back. He's back, he's back, he's back. And so verse 36 begins here. So as a congregation, here we go. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Okay, we're going to stop right there. So, because this is good. So, they're all talking about this. We got this, this whole group of the disciples of Christ there. That they had just heard that, that he is back, he's back, he's back. And then the disciples are talking about it. Like, I don't know. You know, like, how do you know him? You know, like, and they're talking about it. Verse 36, so as they were talking about it. And, um, and so the, the actual, um, the actual translation, it says, he appeared to them. And so they're talking about it. Then all of a sudden he shows up. He appears to them and says, peace be with you. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, I mean, just imagine that. Like, like here, I don't know if he's really back, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, here he is. Peace be with you. I think that's beautiful and good and spooky. Okay, here we go. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost because he was freaky. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubt surprise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. All right. So here are the disciples of Christ. He shows up. He appears to them. This is the first time they see him, and they doubt him. Throughout their entire time together, throughout their whole career together, he's constantly saying, who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? And they're always saying, we don't know. Um, they are constantly saying, I'm not sure I believe that the crucifixion. They're always doubting. Like, that from the beginning, there aren't the people that are all in. Like, yes, we're following Jesus. It's, these disciples are questioning him throughout his entire career. And here he is. He has done everything that he said. And he's showing up. And he's like, here I am. And they don't believe and how does he, how does he um, talk to his disciples? How does he, he talk to them about their disbelief? And this is beautiful. Because for me, if I was him, I would say, how can you not believe? You guys are ridiculous. The things I've done in front of you. Shame on you, you know? But what he does is goes, Come here, touch me, put your fingers in my hands, feel me. I'm really here. 
I mean, like, like kind of in the midst of their confusion, in the midst of their chaos, what he does when they don't believe is he says, come closer to me. And I love that because a lot of times when, when people in the faith are starting to to doubt or not believe, they feel further from him. They feel separated from him. But our doubts and our questions should bring us closer to him because that's what he invites us to do. Have you ever felt like, like, looked like your head is spinning and you don't know what to do or who to trust? That, that, that's what's happening here. These disciples have no idea what is happening. So, um, so about a month ago, I am at the Funplex, and so I'm going in to go exercise. And so as I'm going, I see a friend who I have not seen in a super long time, and he's taking a in class there. And so I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, hold on. And so he comes out. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, hey, want to hang out? I'm like, yes. But I was planning to exercise, right? And I was like, I don't have to exercise if he and I hang out. Sweet. And so, so then he's like, hey, I want to go in the sauna. And then I'm like, I'm cool with the sauna. Let's go to the sauna. Well, he, so Joe is, he's, he's probably twice as big as me, right? Um, he's, he's, he's like the most compassionate, greatest guy in the world, and I've not seen him in like forever. And he's like, hey, let's go to the sauna. And so he and I go in the sauna, and he begins telling these, these great, like compelling stories about, about the church and what he's doing and his friends and his family. And, and he's just going on and on and on. And there I am like, oh man, it's really hot. But I don't want to tell him, you know, hey, I'm, I'm really, like, my head's starting to spin. And he's just going on, you know. And he's like, yeah, I always hang out in the sauna. And I, I, I hang out here, and I have my earphones on. I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. And, and um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's here, so he's going to hear this. Um, and so um, and so in there, I'm like, and so I finally came to the spot of, like, hey, I, I got to get out of here, Joe. And so, so, so I was like, yeah, that's cool. And so he opens the door, and I step out and my head just starts like whoa whoa and so then I'm and I go hey Joe I black out right like I black out I have no idea what's happening and then (laughs) I, I open my eyes he's like on top of me and he's like dumping this cold water and he's massaging me and it's like so I've not seen him forever and and like it was the most amazing I mean like I was so afraid like I had no idea what was happening and there he was like he was doing all the correct things like the the cold and then the hands and I don't know what he was doing but I was like Joe's here and like it just and then whenever the people the funplex came to fill out my paperwork so I have a hard time trying to talk anyway but after blocking out it was like ridiculous and he talked for me and then he told him that I was someone else so they couldn't follow up with me. And I was like, you know everything that I love, Joe, you know? And it was just like this, ah, 
But in this moment of confusion and doubt and fear, and then he picked me up, like, it, it, it was humbling. Like, he picked me up, and he, like, carried me to the shower, and he was like, here, and I was like, bleh. And it was just like, and then he took me home, and it was just like, Joe, whenever I think about Christ and his 12 disciples, confused, afraid, don't know up from down. I think about that sauna experience and just, guys, I got this. Things have not changed. In fact, they've gotten better. I've got this, you know? And he does all the right things. Come, put, my, put your fingers in my hands. In fact, and, and, and some of the other stories, there is a disciple who actually puts his fingers in the hands of Jesus. And people shame him for that. They call him the Howding Thomas. For me, it's like, what an honor, you know? And Jesus invited it. Like, he put out the question, I don't know. And then he's like, come on, come closer to me. Put your fingers in the places that it hurts and bleeds. I'm the real deal. Jesus is not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your questions. You can't kill him. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, he keeps coming back. And if you don't believe in him, you don't believe in him. But for him, he is. Put your hands in his holes. And so after this, he takes a seat and he begins to eat. And so as he's consuming food, he begins to teach them. And then here's the thing he says. Here we go. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So at this point, it's, it's very important um, to kind of pick things apart because I think this is brilliant. First of all, he talks about this term fulfilled. Fulfillment, that it's so easy in, in our culture to say that means completion. Completion is fulfillment. But if completion is fulfillment, he would have said, I'm bringing completion, not fulfillment. He's bringing fulfillment. And, and so, so just to pick apart fulfillment, just for a tiny little bit, fulfillment assumes that something has not been full before. It's kind of simple, right? Um, so if something is going to be full, like Fulfilled, like imagine a cup that's half full. It is not fulfilled, it's half full, right? So, so to bring a cup to fulfillment, it's to fill up the cup fully, right? That is so hard for someone who has a speech impediment. Full, full, full. Um, so, um, so this idea of fulfillment during this time and in this culture is to have it full and overflowing. It's the understanding of something because you only could possibly understand it partially. Um, and so Jesus was bringing fulfillment to the understanding of the law and then the prophets and the Psalms, right? Fulfillment, the full understanding, the full capability. It's, it's kind of a big thing because whenever you see it as completion, it's like, okay, let's just close that book and throw it away, right? But fulfillment 
it kind of says, you only knew part of the story. You only got some of it. You couldn't really comprehend it. So I'm going to, right? That, I'm going to fulfill it so that you're able to get the whole heartbeat, that you're able to get the full understanding, that you can, can grasp all that is there. And then it says, then he opened their so they could understand it. That's brilliant. But then the thing he says he's fulfilling is, he's fulfilling, help me out here. He's fulfilling the law of Moses. He's fulfilling the prophets and he's fulfilling the Psalms. And here's something that I love because this is fun, right? This is fun. This is church should be fun. Um, so, so normally in the evangelical church or in the Christian traditions, we are all about that Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the law. He fulfilled the law. We're free from the law. But that's only a third of it. He came to fulfill the, the prophets and he came to fulfill the Psalms. And here's what is so good about this because the, the, the Old Testament in Hebrew culture, there are three parts to it. The, the whole Old Testament is called the Tanakh. Okay, have you heard that before? It's called the Tanakh because the first part is called the Torah, and that is the book of the law. And then the second part, that is called the Nebuchadnezzar, and that those are the books of the prophet. Then the third part is called the Ketchahim, and those are like the Psalms, and the Song of Solomon, it's like the poeticness of the Bible. And the whole Old Testament is called the Tanakh. And so the thing that's happening is he's saying, I have come to bring fulfillment to the whole Tanakh. And so, so, so in this, how it's broken down the Old Testament, the first five books is the Torah. And the Torah is all about the physicality of things. It's, it's here's the food you eat. Here's the clothes you wear. Here's how you pick a spouse. Here's how you grow old. Here's how you do a funeral. I mean, all this, the physicality of things. That's the Torah. First five books of the Bible. It's brilliant. It's all about the physical. And some of us who have grown up in the church are awesome at the physicality of our faith. Um, and that's awesome. But some of us are confused by it also. Like, like how does our faith really tie in to our everyday, you know, habits of things? And so the Torah, the, 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 the law, it's all about the physical. It's about the hard bent things, right? It's right? It's hand, fist. Okay, anyway, and then you go into the Havahim, and that is the prophets, right? And so if you could summarize the prophets, it's all about, about prophecy and hope and the horribleness and, and things that God does that we don't understand and things he's going to do that we hang on to. It's, it's all about like the spirituality of things. These are the books of the prophets. God is doing this. This is who God is. This is who you are. The prophets are like the book of the spirit. And, uh, and so there are some of us you know, in the church that are so good at the spiritual aspects you know, of the 
church, but there are some of us that are super confused by it too. There are some of us like, oh, the prophetic is super awesome. And there are some of us that are like, that freaks me out. And that's okay. And so, so then you get into the Ketchahim, right? And the Ketchahim is like Song of Solomon and Psalms, which is all about the heart. It's like the human experience, right? Like, have you ever opened the book of Psalms? It's amazing, right? It's all about like, God, why are you doing this? God, who are you? God, you're awesome. I love you. God, I can't stand you. You know, all of this, like, I'm full, I'm empty, I'm confused, I'm, and he came to fulfill that too, and that's what's brilliant, is Jesus didn't come to fulfill just the physical aspects of your everyday life, he didn't come to just check the box off and say they're taken care of. You see, he came to bring the understanding to your confusion about the physicality of things. He came to bring the understanding in the confusion of the spirituality of things. And he came to bring the understanding and fulfillment to who you are as a person and as a heart and as a story that you are. The the coming of Christ and his crucifixion, to just summarize it, it's him saying, I see you. It's like, I, I see who you are physically, I see who you are spiritually, and I see who you are emotionally and poetically, and I'm saving that. And it's beautiful. And so it's from that perspective that he begins here. Here we go. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Because it's like, I've brought this fulfillment. I'm bringing a new story. I want to open your mind so you can understand it. Like, the other evening on Tuesday, I'm preparing this sermon. I'm doing, I get a text to my phone. And this text is bizarre. It says, thank you for helping me not get aborted. And I'm like, that's odd. Um, that's kind of weird. And so I thought at first, you know, is it someone saying, help, thank you for not helping me get an abortion? Or, and then I just, just text her back. I'm like, who are you? And she tells me her name, but I have no idea who she is. And then I say, who's her mom? And she tells me her mom's name. And her mom, that had been my friend in college. And the conversations that her mom and I had kept her from getting an abortion and her 15-year-old daughter just sent me a text because her mom just told me a story or told her a story of what had happened. And there was something that that, 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 that like brought the understanding to that whole situation of the chaos back in college because it's from that whenever you see the bigger picture things make sense baptism makes sense and it's from that standpoint that he says to his disciples all over again here we go 
Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And the repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are the witnesses of these things. So, so, so like he takes the simplest of things that, that I started out with at the beginning. And then at the end of the gospel, at the end of 24, it's like, I'm going to say this to you again. Here's what happened. The Messiah is going to come. He's going to die. He's going to come back to life. And now because the fulfillment of the Torah, the Nevahim, and the, the Ketchahim have all collided together, do you see why the things that happened have happened? It's amazing. And from that perspective, it makes sense. And then he ends, and you have seen it. You have seen it. You've seen me. You've seen everything that I've done. Do you believe? Put your fingers in my holes. I love it. And that's why baptism is so powerful. Whenever people get baptized, they are saying, I have seen it. Like, I have experienced it. I saw him. I accepted him. I I have died in him, and I'm coming back in him. They proclaim that with every baptism that happens. I am in him and he is in me. That is a beautiful testimony. And I'm excited tonight for our time to gather as we are about to experience the baptism of so many of our friends and our families as they proclaim how amazing Jesus is. So please pray with me. Oh Lord, thank you for being so amazing. Thank you for who you are and the things that you speak, the inspiration that you bring and the truth that you are. Thank you that you're not afraid. God, we thank you that you have come to save us, that you invite us to come follow you. God, we thank you that you are the truth and that you bring the understanding to who who, who we are as people, very physical, and who we are as people, very spiritual, and who we are as people, very emotional. Thank you that you see us. Oh God, we thank you that you are here and that you invite us to come towards you. So if, if you are someone here who, who has not come towards Christ, um, that, that the confusion and the fear and the doubt has kept you um, from coming towards him, but you want to come t- towards him, uh, today and put your faith and your hope and your trust in his hands, um, please pray along. Oh Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I am not perfect. 
I am a sinner. I have tried hard and I've been afraid. Oh Lord, hold me, comfort me. I believe that you are the son of God, that you came, that you died and you came back to life so that I may be whole. God, teach me to follow you. God, we thank you uh, for the promises that you give us that if, if, if we confess and put our faith our faith in front of you that you will pick us up and you will take us home. Amen.